Hi folks, this is Bud Hughes, and it's time to raise the door on another edition of Bud's Garage. Hang on, you're now part of the fastest hour in radio, presented by Complete Auto Parts and Oakwood Tire and more. Locally owned family businesses with over 120 years of combined experience. CarQuest nationally branded auto parts and warranties, and Oakwood Tire's wide selection of the best tire brands available. Local professionals to help you find the parts or tires you need, help you get them installed, and back on the road with a smile. Find out more at completeautoparts.net or oakwoodtire.com. On today's show, five essential diesel maintenance tips, a million-mile Chevy Suburban, the history of WD-40, and turning a technical college training into a business career. All that and a whole bunch more informative automotive buffoonery with Bud and Tim. Welcome in, folks. This is Bud Hughes, resident car nut, and Tim DePasquale, a poster to the stars. Speaking of which, a poster to the stars, yes, Fast and Furious and all mm-hmm. those folks. Uh, after Christmas, we had Martin Luther King Day, yeah. and that kind of kicked off the year for you. It was a holiday for some folks, and you said you had a run on I'm business. I'm telling you. Well, you know, this time of year, it's getting dark early. It's uh, yeah, yeah. It's cold out. It's, people are not thinking about their interiors or their cars for the most part. But on MLK Day, um, there were a lot of people that had the day off, and it was a beautiful day in January, and uh, we were busy from the beginning right to the end, which got us loaded up on the schedule to get us into February, and then we'll be hoping for Valentine's Day to come up and, and do the same thing. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think. Uh, yeah. Well, if you love someone, give them the gift of upholstery. Seat heaters. For Valentine's mm-hmm. Day, how's that? Oh, yeah, right, oh, yeah. right, right. You don't want to roll in there and say, uh, I, uh, my wife's uh, been sitting over on this side of the car and she's she's busted the seat. Can you? <laughs> <laughs> that kind of thing. So, uh, no, 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 no. But no. this is a good time of the year. Like, like you know, us hot rodders have got sunny day cars, mm-hmm. you know. Might be a good time of the year to yank the seat out and bring it over to you and have you uh, do repairs or maybe recover right, or that right, kind of right. thing. Or just bring the whole car and let us handle Every bit of it. I was just going to say, you can, you're going to be stacking cars that's is what's okay. going to happen. That's what we do best is stack those cars and move them <laughs> in and move them out. You know? But what I suggest is if we catch a nice day in the middle of winter, run to the car wash, extreme clean, and get your car washed and yep. vacuum it out and get it all clean so that you can stride into the marketplace with confidence that you're just a little bit ahead of everybody else. Hmm. Okay. That sounds well, like a great plan, actually. Okay. Well. Do you want to? Uh, uh, I was going to do an email thing, but I think I'll hold that off here. Let's uh, let's move on to Hertz. <laughs> Hertz. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead, Tim. Tell us about Hertz. Car, you, well, you know, Hertz bought into this electric vehicle thing and uh, bought about fifty thousand electric vehicles of different brands, many Teslas mostly, and they found out that they are. Uh, they're taking a loss because these things are very heavy on maintenance, not so much mechanical maintenance, but on collision damage. Yeah. Uh, they yeah. say one A-pillar gets bent for some reason. The whole side of the car has, has to, be to come replaced. off. Yeah. Yeah. And people were not ready for the range anxiety that they might experience. So they're selling 20% or 20,000 cars. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what there. percentage it was. Did it say well, it was, a had, third of its EV fleet? Right. That's a third of its EV fleet. Well, well and they're going to yeah. use that money to buy more uh, internal combustion stuff. Exactly. I don't know whether fleet uses hybrid or uh, uh, Hertz uses hybrids or not, but um, 
you know, that they have the cars are going to be selling are like the Kia EV6, the Chevy Bolt, and like you mentioned, the Tesla 3 and uh, Model Y SUVs. Mm-hmm. So it's it's more than just Teslas. And I'm guessing these are all uh, areas of the country where it's not cold, basing out, you know, what yeah, went on I, in Chicago. I don't know where all they had them, but, but according to the article that uh, you sent me, they it, it said that a lot of these were used by, like, Uber drivers, and they were on long-term rentals. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Well, I, I could see that. I mean, if you if you're an Uber driver in a certain city, you know where to charge it and stuff. Because I don't I don't see me jumping off a plane and renting a Tesla, you know, if you don't know the area, <laughs> right? Uh, because you know, that that just, just me. I just wouldn't calculate. I, that. But I could see where the maintenance would be higher on this kind of stuff for sure. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, all right, okay. Well. Last week, last week we talked about. Which is a better truck for you, gas or diesel? Mm-hmm. And since you're Mr. Diesel Guy, I'm going to let you go over five essential engine maintenance tips for diesel. What do we have to do different on diesels? Well, uh, you got to make sure. The main thing is fuel filters and oil filters and regular maintenance. You've got to change that oil regularly and uh, Make sure that you change your fuel filters, too. So regular maintenance on a diesel is a lot more expensive. You know, I've, Edgar, my uh, 6.0 excursion, has 330,000 miles, and uh, a regular service is about 250 bucks. you know, because we want to make sure that he's going to be around for a good long time to come. So, yeah. you know, if you keep that maintenance up. Well, we talked about it last week. You know, diesel fuel has 10 to 15% more energy than gasoline. So you get, you know, you get about 35% farther on a, on a gas and, uh, gallon of diesel fuel. Uh, but, but, you know, poor fuel economy, bad idling, low power output, bluish smoke. You know, those are things you need to be watching for on your diesel. Now, your intervals would depend on the make and model of your ride and what you do with it. But it says an average pickup, uh, diesel pickup requires oil change every five to seven miles. Mm-hmm. I would five to seven thousand. Yeah, five to seven. What I say, five. To seven. Yeah, five to seven. <laughs> five to seven thousand miles is what right. I meant. Right. And uh, you know, be prepared if you if you're towing a lot and stuff with mm-hmm. it, you may want to you know you may want to bring that. Well, down. and this is a huge difference. Sure, it's, it's different me driving my excursion by myself, right, as opposed to someone who's got an F three fifty pulling a Bobcat and all of their every day, yeah. and, yeah. and all the Absolutely. equipment that goes with it. Um, you need to let the diesel warm up before you haul off into the sunset. Oh, absolutely. Which, luckily, a lot of times you're loading stuff or hooking up to trailers and stuff like that, so you don't take off right away when you start a big mm-hmm. diesel like that. How about the coolant? Um, that's something that requires more more changes than with most gasoline engines. Uh, every couple of years, good for you? Well, you know, it's... Every two years or 30,000 miles is what they say. And, and, you know, that's a big deal now with the uh, emission controls because the issue that I had was when you've got the coolant running through the emission controls and that, uh, what is that thing called? I don't The remember. Blue Def, yeah. I no, know. no, it's not the Blue Def. It's a, there's, a, there's a thing that the coolant runs through one side and the oil runs through the other side of it. And when it breaks, then you've got coolant in your oil uh, and oil that's in your not coolant. Good. So it's yeah. important to raise your hood at least once a week and look at the coolant reservoir to make sure that it's still green or red or whatever, whatever color, color you have that month, yeah. 
And if it's brown, you got a problem. Yeah. And I think you would notice that in several other ways. Uh, periodically inspect and change the fuel filters. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that screws up the injectors. And, boy, you don't want to get into injector pumps and right. mechanical injectors and things like that and on see, a diesel a, and try to replace a, this stuff. There's a thing called stiction where the, uh, the oil the, that's dripping off of the end of the injector uh, solidifies. And then it creates a problem with the the fuel nozzle. Okay. So you've got to keep all that fuel clean, and there they actually have additives that you can add to the fuel and the oil to prevent that from happening. And it, there again, it's just it's important to keep everything clean, keep those fuel filters changed. And a lot of people don't want to do that because they're expensive. Oh yeah. But nothing's yeah. more expensive than spending seven Getting or eight into the major stuff. Bucks, yeah, that's for sure. You know, well, you probably don't have a diesel engine in your classic muscle car. Um, no, but if you've got a classic muscle car and you need parts for it, you go to the muscle car experts at Year One in Cornelia, Georgia, who provide our podcast. So if you miss any of this great information, you can go to Access WDUN, click the links, hit the buttons, and listen to the show at your convenience, or go to your favorite podcast site, and you can listen to the show anytime you want, brought to you by the great muscle car experts at Year One in Cornelia. And right now, they're doing a lot of things with wheels. They're, they're billet wheels. Good time of the year. You know, you're looking at your car, and you say, you know, I need something to jazz it up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Nothing check, like check out what they got. Check them out at yearone.com. We will be right back here at Bud's Garage on North Georgia's News Talk, WDUN. Always here, always local. Welcome back into Bud's Garage, presented by all three locations of Complete Auto Parts and Oakwood Tire and more. Hometown people working together to bring you the best parts, tires, service, and repairs. Well, this segment is presented by our Chevy dealership, and that would be Hardy Chevrolet, 2115 Browns Ridge Road. Tim, I was talking to Mike Cormier about Suburbans this week in Tahoe's yeah. and the stuff they got coming down the line. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to mention before we get into this interview that... And they still have a good selection of commercial vehicles uh, that people, you know, didn't, couldn't take, didn't or couldn't take advantage of, you know, before the end of the year. Right. So if you got a truck that's laying down on you that it's your commercial vehicle mm-hmm. and uh, it's going to cost, you know, a chunk to fix, it might be a time to, to get one that's already sitting on the lot you don't right, have to worry. Right. So check them out. At, take uh, advantage of that tax deduction that you'll get. For next year. For next year. Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, yeah, at Hardy Chevrolet, 2115 Brownsbridge Road. Where they invite you to find new roads in a Chevrolet. Okay. Now, speaking of a Chevrolet, this came across Bill Main's desk, and he forwarded it to us car nuts. Uh, ben Welch, fellow in Lincoln, Nebraska, mm-hmm. has a 93 Suburban that has just turned a million miles. That is unbelievable. I mean, I know that Suburbans are typically long-lasting vehicles. But less than 1% ever make it to the... To the million, million mile. mile. Right. Most of them, 250,000 miles, they say, is about the end of the line. Well, and, and that's not necessarily the truck's fault. Uh, ben has taken right. very good care of his truck. So right now, Ben is at his shop, his mechanic shop. So he's got mm-hmm. his mechanic with him, Randy Bloom. And these guys are going to explain how they got this thing to a million miles. 
and uh, how it all started and, and where it's all going. Okay. All I right. can't wait to hear it. Ben Welch and Randy Bloom, welcome into Bud's Garage, the radio show. Yes, sir. Welcome in, guys. Well, Thanks, bud. All right, now we're going to throw questions back and forth. Ben, tell us a little bit about the truck. Okay, it's actually a, a '94. You got '94. Okay. Uh, yeah, and bought it new, I think, in January of that year, and um, really only intended to keep it uh, a year and trade every year. But um, between '94 and '95, General Motors did away with the outside armrest on the on the front seat. Yeah, oh, yeah. And, oh, right. I, and those are so comfortable. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, so I just decided, I'll oh, just, uh, you know, I went back and could have traded for 5000 which I thought was real decent. And I love the, the Chevys. I've always had really good luck with the Chevrolets. Uh, had pickups. And anyway, I bought this thing in uh, 94. And, uh, you know, it was running so good, I just decided uh, when I couldn't get the outside armrest, I thought, ah, they'll bring those back next year. Came back in 96 and still no armrest. Came back in 97. By that time, it had about uh, 100,000 miles on it. So I thought, oh, I'll just I'll just run it a couple more years. Well, a couple more years has turned into, what, 20 or 30, I guess. And uh, uh, But I, I will say this. You, you start with a, uh, a quality vehicle, a vehicle that's, uh, I think, made exceptionally well. I'm talking about the Chevrolets. And then you couple that with... Uh, I've got uh, Randy here, and I'm actually at Randy's shop right now, Randy Bloom. And uh, Randy's taking care of everything on that uh, vehicle, all the odds and ends. I don't care what it is. You're going to have turn signals go out and just different odds and ends. And so um, he's, he's, been, he's always after me to <laughs> check it over entirely and make sure everything's good. And uh, so we've just, we just run it. You know, uh, uh, He's got a regular maintenance schedule he's had me on. Um, for what a million miles, I guess. Yeah. And uh, it just it just keeps running. So uh, that's that's basically it. Um, and a lot of guys say, well, you know, what all have you done to it? Uh, We're going to find the, out. Um, <laughs> e- yeah. Even the uh, well, um, what's been done to it is my fault. Uh, I wouldn't advise doing what I did. I ran it back in the summer of at about. I don't know, 15 years. I think it was around 2004, 2005. I ended up running it. It was July 5th. We were coming back uh, from a 4th of July holiday down in uh, Oklahoma. And it was really hot that day. And I ended up running it. Uh, I messed up big time. but And I take full responsibility. But I ended up running it 110 miles without a water pump. No oh, Actually, the uh, air conditioning compressor had uh, gone out, locked up. And I thought it was just low on Freon. Right. And so I told my wife, uh, and now if you guys are married, I know your wives wouldn't say anything to you, but my wife did tell me it was getting hot. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, boy. So I said, Nothing we can do about it. Just have to roll the windows down, and Randy will uh, put Freon in it when we get back. And uh, But I thought it was kind of odd that we turned on uh, Highway 71 from uh, Joplin, Missouri to Kansas City, and it seemed like it had ruts in the road. I thought, well, that's, that's kind of odd. They need It is a major highway. Actually, now it's Interstate 49, but I was too uh, too dumb to put two and two together. The air conditioner going out took the belt. Like ruts in the in the in the highway. You guys know probably what happened. Yeah. Uh, Serpentine belt uh, takes care of everything. Power steering. Yeah, water, it sure know, does. Sure does. And uh, it was bright daylight. I didn't bother looking down at the at the gauges because I'd never had anything go wrong with the suburban in 400,000 miles. And uh, so anyway, we finally. Uh, 
I finally realized what happened, pulled off a couple miles later, turned it off knowing I probably wouldn't get it started again. Um, and I got a guy to take me over to O'Reilly's. They were still open, came back and put a serpentine belt on it, started right up. So we drove it home without the, without the air conditioner on, because that's what uh, took the serpentine belt. And I got it back to Randy. What would you tell me about Randy <laughs> besides being stupid or something? Well, I I told him that engine probably should have been shot because he said it was 106 degrees out that day. Oh, my. Uh, he was driving it. What did you say? 175 miles. Yeah. 110 miles. 110 miles in the heat with no water pump. And that small block Chevy, <laughs> it held together. And I don't know how. And I'd have to probably relate it back to the oil he was using. And we can talk about that, too. But, um, yeah, he he put another 600000 after that. So that's the thing that probably surprised me the most because I've seen engines get hot and the pistons will start to rattle. Oh, yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. Right. Pouring on the cylinder walls. So, yeah, it was an amazing feat for it just to be able to get through that. So, Randy, and, uh, tell us a little bit about your mechanical background. Well, um, I went through trade school in 1978, 79, and... Uh, Worked in the automotive field for a few years. I was a farmer before that, but then uh, after trade school, I worked in the independent field, and then I went to the university and got a teaching degree, which I really haven't used. But uh, went back in the automotive field after that, and I've been through, oh, all the major dealerships, Ford, Chrysler, Chevy, as a technician and a service manager, both. So um, after I've done that, I started my independent shop, and that was about the time I met Ben, about 94, 95, when we started our own shop, and I've been doing that ever since. But that's kind of when I met Ben, is when he bought that Suburban New, and uh, he, he's the one that introduced me to some of these products that he uses, and, and uh, the truck's been in my care pretty much, unless he's on the highway and needs something, you know, on the highway, but it's been in my care pretty much since he had it, and... Uh, um, he keeps up on all the oil changes, and uh, any maintenance that needs to be done, we do it, and uh, just keeps an eye on everything. And uh, if you guys know, too, those small block Chevys, that 5.7, that thing was pretty durable. Yeah, pretty um, stout, yeah. I, I, do have, I do have, I think, three or four customers that have four or 500,000 on theirs. So, you know, they'll do it if you take care of them. Well, the key is the key is maintenance, and you guys have been doing regular maintenance on it. And we we harp on that all the time because nowadays you can buy a new vehicle and weld the hood shut, and if you don't run it out of oil, it'll probably go you know a hundred thousand miles and uh, no issue. So I I think it's important to point out to people that you know if you have a, a independent mechanic or you have a dealership mechanic, and uh, obviously if you're looking for somebody to take care of your new Chevrolet that you buy here in Gainesville, Georgia. Uh, we're going to head you out to Brownsbridge Road, 2115 Brownsbridge Road, to see Hardy Chevrolet. And uh, all you got to do is take care of this stuff like Ben and Randy have done. And uh, you go get a Suburban and, and rock on. It'll have a little bit different engine in it nowadays. But, uh, you know, nothing nothing as strong as a Chevrolet truck. Like right. a rock. Remember that? That's right. Like and, a rock. And, and remember what Charles Hardy always says about Hardy Chevrolet. Well, remember, friends, for goodness sakes, if you're going to do it, let's do it with the Hardy Boys. We love you, and we need you. We'll be right back here, Bud's Garage, on North Georgia's News Talk. WDUN. Always here, always local.
Welcome back into Bud's Garage, presented by Oakwood Tire and More, and all three locations of Complete Auto Parts, Cornelia, Clarksville, and Gainesville. Shop, garage, or driveway, we have the parts, tires, and professional advice to help you get the job done right. Okay, our next guest, Tim, was highly recommended by another Tim. That would be Tim McDonald from Lanier Technical College. Oh, yeah. President of the Lanier Technical College. Uh, back when I was teaching there, he was also my machine tool instructor mm-hmm. and put up with me coming in there and trying to tear up the Bridgeport machines and stuff. Because I, you know, I always did engine machining. Uh, he didn't have any of those kind of machines in the shop. I see. But anyway, he, uh, he recommended that we interview our next guest, and that would be Brandon Reed. And Brandon is the president of Reed Design and, and Manufacturing, LLC. And, uh... When we got to talk, and I said, I know that name. Well, I know that name because he was also one of my students. So, Brandon, <laughs> welcome into uh, oh, yeah. Bud's Garage. Hey, Brandon. Hey, thank you for welcoming guys. Thank uh, you, Bud. Thank you, Tim. What, what program were you initially registered in, and, and what was that whole process like? All right, so back in 2004, I registered for the Motorsports Vehicle Technology Program. And uh, that interview process, when I, when I applied for it, there's... A lot of candidates that wanted to be in that program. Right, it was yeah. a very popular program. I believe there's a hundred candidates that wanted to be into it that year, and um, it was a pretty good panel uh, interview set up. Had uh, you, a couple other instructors, and a few guys from NASCAR come in and sit down and interview all of us, and um, you know went through a bunch of the questions and narrowed it down to about twenty of us, and went from there. Oh, we got in a lot of trouble for that, but. Uh, they always wanted us to take in a gazillion students, and we always thought it was a good idea to f- let you know what you were getting into. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it was a, I, I think, I think you would agree it was a two-way process. You were asking us questions too. Oh yeah, yeah. You're yeah. giving us more of the insight of what to expect later on. You know, it's not yeah. just uh, you know the glamour and the, oh yeah, the glamorous the world of motorsports. Oh, yeah, there's yeah. a lot of hard work to it. Yeah. Well. Um, and another thing that we did in the in the program was, you know, basically in the motorsports program is we didn't have a bunch of welders. We had a welding program. So I thought I got with the other instructors and said, hey, you know, we're not going to buy a bunch of welders. You already got them. Do you have a class you can put the people in? And, and we did the same thing with machine tool where you got to know Tim McDonald. So, you know, we kind of opened up different things within the program to see what lit your fire and uh, Apparently, some of this stuff lit your fire. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's definitely a very comprehensive course there. Brandon, what other programs at the college helped to develop your interest and skill set? Oh, well, like Bud just said here, the, the, the motorsports course alone um, entailed sheet metal fabrication, machine shop, machine tool technology, welding and fabrication. Um, also got into a couple engineering programs there with a drafting program, mm-hmm. um, technical writing programs that they had going on there, which is very critical in, in building, you know, one-step lessons and, mm-hmm. and how-to guides for some of the other mechanics. So there's a lot of courses there. Even the, even the basic courses like the English and history, you know, teaches you how to be resourceful and how to find the information that you need. I hadn't thought about that. When you're doing, when you're doing uh, term papers and stuff like that, uh, you know, Back in the day, you know, yeah. I, I was there during stone tablets. We went from there to paper, and we had encyclopedias. You had to look it up, you know, oh, all yeah. the encyclopedias yep. and stuff like that. Why, why, uh, now I know, you, you know, motorsports is such a sexy, glamorous program, uh, but why, why a technical college over uh, engineering college or something like that? 
Well, it's right funny. So, so right out of high school, um, I had a lot of opportunities to go to a different colleges, different mm-hmm. programs. I actually wanted to be a pediatrician uh, for the longest time. Oh, you're with a couple of good guys that could. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> to and, practice. Uh, <laughs> and you know, I applied to all these different colleges, and my grandmother uh, retired from SKF. You know, a long time in the manufacturing industry. Right. She told me, you know, get up and go to these different campuses and see what's going on out there. Uh, so at the time, UNG was Gainesville College. Right, yeah. Um, so I took a swing by there, check it out. Uh, is exactly what I expected, a normal campus, students walking around. And then I made my way around the backside to Linear Tech, and lo and behold, there were two Ferrari Cup cars back there revving up their engines. Uh-huh. And that kind of got my attention, and I walked up, you know, walked back there to see what was going on, and, you know, you guys had a barbed wire fence set up, and I was like, okay, this must be some elite program here. And uh, come to find out, that was exactly what I was passionate about, was the motorsports, the racing. And that's what drew me in instantly. I mean, just just hearing the engines right there in my backyard, oh, was, yeah. that, that alone was that, a temptation to join that. And then, you know, a lot of people say, why, why a technical program over a four-year degree? And it's funny you mention that, cause I just had this discussion with a, a Georgia Tech graduate and a UGA graduate. Um, I say, you know, you go to Georgia Tech if you want to engineer things and design them and come up with things in theory. You go to UGA if you want to market it and sell it. But you go to a trade school if you want to make it all happen. So if you want to have the technical capabilities <laughs> to it. build it, to produce it, to manufacture it, you have to get those basics at a trade school. Yeah, and I, I think Lanier Tech, and I'm, I'm going to brag on them for a minute there, they, they have so many different academic courses you can tie into what you're doing. But you've got to take the initiative. You know, oh, yeah. when we had people in the, the motorsports program or any other program, you know, you can you can teach the skills, uh, but you, you've got to have the drive. And, you've had, you know, you had the drive to, to go beyond that. What other experience or tools or jobs have you done between, you know, being in that, that interview process originally at the motorsports program to, you know, developing your own company? Well, like I say, you guys put me into it head first. Um, a lot of very professional motorsports teams picked me up from the beginning. Uh, Gellis Racing up near D.C. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were a huge Formula BMW team. Uh, had about six cars wide. Each car had its own lead mechanic. Uh, there was very, very hands-on experience right off the, you know, right out the gate. Uh, very busy. Very, very detail-oriented. Uh, that led me into Comprint Motorsports in Athens. Right. Uh, championship history there for almost 30 years of winning races non-stop wow uh, huge history uh, that led me on to get back into manufacturing i actually got to work at the space center down in cape canaveral which is something most georgia boys don't know that's for sure um, but i took the, the the teachings that you guys provided at lanier tech uh, took those basics the mechanical fundamentals and applied it to manufacturing and really boosted my career uh, improved the efficiencies across the board um, took those learnings and brought it back to Georgia. Um, became an industrial maintenance leader at Mars Wrigley and mm-hmm. Flowery Branch. And, again, used the same sense of urgency from motorsports, the attention to detail, the sense of safety. Applied it to the manufacturing world and really, really took off and showed them things they never even knew were possible. Wow. Did you bring samples? I saw Tim's <laughs> eyes light up. He said, Mars, you don't know no, Oh, there I'm you a, go. I'm, I'm an or- orbit gum junkie. Oh, yeah, we made, we made orbit, extra, <laughs> you name it. Um, but, you know, a lot of the, the principles that we had in motorsports apply to manufacturing, you know, reducing the downtime, mm. keeping those machines running, 
uh, reducing the amount of time required to work on the machines, you know, like a pit stop. You right. don't want to be sitting in with your car in the pit yeah. lane for five, ten minutes. You yeah. want it going as fast as you can. Yeah. Same thing applies to these factories. You can't have the equipment down for, you know, days trying to fix it. You no, gotta because get it affects, it affects oh, yeah. so much product and so oh, many yeah. people that are, that are uh, you know, doing that kind of work. Uh, the, you've gone into manufacturing. Did you take the, uh, they had an industrial maintenance program at Lanier Tech. Did you ever do any of that kind of stuff? No, I didn't. Um, kind of on-the-job training stuff? A lot of on-the-job training, but honestly, a lot of the fundamentals that were taught to me in the motorsports program, mm -hmm. the hydraulics, brakes, yeah, timing, yeah. machining, uh -huh. uh, the welding, sheet metal fabrication, a lot of those skills directly transferred over into manufacturing and really, I think, gave me a higher edge than most of the guys in the industrial maintenance program. Who'd have thunk? Yeah. <laughs> we were just trying to keep everybody busy the whole well, time. You, you think about it. Engine heads require torque sequences right, yeah, and torque yeah. specs. Same well, thing yeah, with yeah, these million-dollar machines. You know, yeah, they have a process yeah. to assembly, and as long as you follow it and meticulous with your assembly process, you're, you're going to hmm. be in good shape. And Nobody got killed in the process either. Yeah, that's in all my years, I was there. Oh no, <laughs> we used to have you know, we had a lot of we had a lot of good partners that helped us out for sure. Can you hang around as long as we've got you here? We're going oh, yeah. to take you into the next segment because I know you can't you can't wait to learn the history of WD forty. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I'm sure that's a, a process you're familiar with or a product you're familiar with. So we're we're going to talk about that and a few other crazy things. We'll be right back here, Bud's Garage on North Georgia's news talk WDUN. Always here, always local. Don't go away. Welcome back in to Bud's Garage, presented by Complete Auto Parts and Oakwood Tire and more. Nationally backed CarQuest branded parts and the best national tire brands to keep you rolling down the highway. All right, we are back with Brandon Reed from Reed Design and Manufacturing, uh, LLC, an alumnus of Lanier Technical College. Thanks for hanging around. Oh, yeah. It helps absolutely. when we lock the door. Yeah. <laughs> we'll let you back out, right? Hey, just like the classroom days. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> yeah, we're pretty... Uh, <laughs> once you're in, the phone goes in the basket and the door gets locked and, you know, you're we, there. we, yeah, we take here. care of things. Did I have you guys punching a time clock back then? I eventually uh, bought one, but... I don't think it was in 2004. We were still on the tablets and stone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, Tim. Yes? I was researching, as I always do. When I'm not loitering, I was researching. Uh, for some reason or other, the last couple of weeks, there's been stuff all over the Internet about WD-40. I guess it's a slow news week or something. Yeah. So all this stuff about WD-40... Do you know where WD-40 came from? I, as a matter of fact, I do, but Oh, okay, well, Because then. I did get the paper that you Well, whoop it on me, then. Well, you did WD your homework. WD-40 is an American brand and the trademark of penetrating oil manufactured by WD-40 Company based in San Diego, California. I'm surprised that in California you can still make something that's got any kind of uh, Yeah, you, I, I hadn't base. thought about that, but my uncle worked for uh, uh, on the Atlas uh, rockets back back then and uh you know they were using it the wd stands for do you know what the wd stands for brandon 
Water displacement? Water displacement. Wow. So it's not actually a lubricant as much as it's a solvent. Mm. And they used to wipe down the fuel tanks, which were, you know, obviously bare metal, uh, with this stuff to, uh, you know, keep them from rusting. Yeah. Uh, he worked for the space agency. I'm trying to think of what. Uh, it's Rocket Chemical Company uh, is was part, or WD-40 was part of Rocket Chemical Company. And I'm trying to think of who he worked. Well, I'll, I'll think of it. Uh, Convair. That's who it was. Convair, mm-hmm. who built a uh, you know rocket parts. So right. it was rocket science, basically. It was rocket science. And uh, you know, to this day, uh, the net income was 27 million in 2008 to 70.2 million in 2021. That's a lot of WD-40. Yeah, but it was actually the product was inducted into the International Air and Space Hall of Fame at the San Diego uh, Air and Space Museum. Yeah. So, Brandon, you worked in the space agencies for a while. Did you use a lot of WD-40? Actually, no. Actually, no. <laughs> no. I think because they they no longer were wiping down bare steel with it, um, you know, like they used to do back in the, the early astronaut days and things like that. Oh, yeah, and the, the, the area that I was in was actually considered a clean room environment. So uh, there was actually no yeah. no chemicals at all in, allowed inside that area. Oh wow! Okay, that's cool. What did you do in the in the? Is that where you had to wear the special suits and the shoes? And oh yeah. So we're part of the construction phase of the world's largest clean room, where they put together satellites, and that is about as far as I can say. Okay. <laughs> oh, you have to. Oh right. We'll have to kill you. All right. Well, we won't. <laughs> we don't want to do that. Here's six places you should never use WD-40. Watch it, Tim. Six places you should never use it, okay? Uh, it's, well, it's a, actually seven, but you only listed six. Oh, I only listed six? Okay. <laughs> don't use it on plastic. Okay. Don't get it around plastic. It's, uh, it's If you're trying to lubricate a hinge on a pair of sunglasses or removing a price tag, don't get it on plastic because it can mess up the surface. Right. Let so, me ask you this. What's uh-oh. the straw made out of? The who? The straw. That's a good idea. It's made out of plastic. It must be some kind of super-duper plastic. Right. I hadn't thought about that. See, that's that. Yeah, See? that's that's why you're so far ahead of the curve from Tim and I, because mm-hmm. you thought about that. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, what's the or the nozzle, the tip that it comes out of? Yeah, it is. Yeah, well, it is plastic. Must they, be. They must have a patent on that. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's, that's special plastic. That's special plastic. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, you can use on every other. Don't use on any other kind of plastic. Don't use it on woodwork. Now, I don't. I I, I can't exactly. Why they put this in a magazine article? Don't use it on woodwork. Why, why would you not think of not using it on woodwork? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I, I they're think talking I've used about it on every place, every surface that they say don't use it on. I've used it. <laughs> <laughs> don't use it on natural stone. Mm-hmm. You know because it's porous. And what they're what they're getting at is if you got granite countertops and stuff oh, like right. that. Do right. not use it on them because mm-hmm. uh, you don't want it around food. Right. They, oh yeah. I know. I had that my first ex-wife uh, put it on that meatloaf that time. <laughs> Your yeah, first ex-wife? A, yeah. That was a total disaster. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm not. I'm thinking that they uh, don't use it on anything that you. Uh, but they say don't use it on electronics. But remember, it's because it displaces water. Back in the day when you had points and you got your car yep, flooded, yep, yep, they yep. say yeah, you spray it inside the, the cap yeah. off and spray it. Spray it inside the cap. Yeah. I think what they're talking now is the modern electronics, like your phone and stuff like that. Uh, not, mm-hmm. you know, not back to points and condensers. But yeah, we used to spray it, you know, in the distributor cap and then stick right. it back on the car and away you go. Away you go. And this last one, don't use it for arthritis pain. I keep a can of it in the bathroom for that knee. 
Really? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, there you go. You keep it in the bathroom. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no, no, bud. All right, this WD-40. Well, you know, they say don't. Uh, I guess there's, you know, somebody is saying, oh, you can spray it on your wrists and your knees uh -huh. and stuff like that, and it won't. Right. You know, it won't bother your. That's what you use help uh, honeybees for. What's that? You you sting yourself with a honeybee everywhere that you've got joint pain, and it'll take away. It'll. Uh, well, how do you do that? How do you catch honeybees to do that? Well, you go to someone who's a beekeeper. Oh, okay. Silly boy, you know, just like and you, know, you take a net <laughs> and some honey. Wait a minute. And then what do you do to take care of the sting from the honeybee? But now you're hurting from that. No, the sting from the honeybee takes away the pain from the arthritis. I understand that. Yeah. So, so do you use Bengay then on the honey sting? The no, honeybee one, sting? Well, that's a whole nother story, and that's for a different show. Sounds like homework to me. Wow. So you just have to learn how to milk the honeybees for... For whatever helps your arthritis, so we have gotten way off off yeah, the path we sure here. Well, does does yeah. it say you can't use WD-40 on bee stings? <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm sticking with a uh, what is it? Gin and raisins. <laughs> I'll ask Kelly, that I'll ask Kelly and Josh. <laughs> yeah, go on the internet. It, uh, yeah, it fixes everything. <laughs> Next week I'll ask Kelly and Josh on home. All right, that's yeah, that's good. All right, one thing you can use it on is to stop your car's door locks from freezing. Especially here, uh, when we start out, a lot of our snowstorms start out with rain, with rain yeah. and then it freezes. Mm -hmm. If you take the, the plastic nozzle that, you know, Brandon uh, pointed out, yeah, it survives. It'll... You stick that in the door lock and you spray it. Mm -hmm. And they, they tell you to take a, a cloth to wipe it off your finish so it doesn't mess up the finish of your car. Okay. But you spray it in the lock and it displaces the water and then it won't freeze. Uh -huh. But after you have a nice dry day or something like that, Right. Use something that's got graphite in it and shoot it in your locks. Okay. So, you know, the, the WD-40 will get the water out so it can't freeze, mm -hmm. but, you know, it's not necessarily a great lubricant. Yeah. So, I'm, I'm just saying. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Bee stings. Bee wow. <laughs> that, was, that was way, 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 way beyond where I thought we were going to go. Well. Bee stings. Bud, that's what we're all about here is innovation. One thing I can't tell you. Topic. Oh, next week we're going to do the history of PB Blaster. Okay. I love the way it works, but I hate the way it smells. Mm -hmm. But uh, you can get WD-40 products and PB Blaster at Complete Auto Parts. Absolutely. And they have how many locations, Three Tim? locations. And name them off for me, please. Clarksville, Cornelia, and Gainesville. That is right. If you're restoring a classic muscle car, you're probably using some WD-40 and PB mm, Blaster along right. the way. But who are you going to call for parts? Well, you're going to call our great friends at Year One, the muscle car experts who provide our podcast. So that if you missed any of this great information, you go to Access WDUN, click the links, hit the buttons, and you can listen to the show whenever you want. Or go to your favorite podcast site so that you can listen to the show anytime. Oh. All brought to you by the Muscle Car Experts at Year One in Cornelia, Georgia. Yeah, check them out at yearone.com. Next week's show, actually most of February, we're going to do a countdown to a Daytona 500, uh, which is, you know, is an NASCAR Super Bowl. You know that, Brandon. Oh, yeah. You've been yeah. to the 500 before? No, actually, not that one. Oh. Huh. Do you remember when I made everybody stand out behind the shop and said, now you're in Daytona, now you're in Las Vegas? And, oh, yeah. You know, Close your eyes, you're in Las Vegas, and you know, open your eyes. And after I did that about four or five times, everybody got it. 
you know. But uh-huh. when you're at a racetrack, the scenery never really changes. Oh, right. Yeah, okay. yeah, so yeah. When, anyway, countdown to Daytona fit. 500. We're going to have Kyle Petty, mm-hmm. uh, Brandon Hutchinson, okay. um, Vice President of Atlanta Motor Speedway will be on with us. Larry McReynolds, David Reagan, and a whole bunch more. And uh, on our podcast next week, uh, Bud's Garage Overdrive is part one of our conversation with Motor Trends. Sam Madavi from Sam's Garage. Oh, yeah. And he actually knows, knew, still knows, Sam Mamolo. Uh-huh. And whose blessing he got to name his show Sam's Garage. Because I wondered about that first time I saw Sam Madavi on TV. But uh, anyway, we're going to have that and a whole bunch more informative automotive buffoonery with Bud and Tim. Remember to keep between the ditches, shiny side up, and WD-40 in the bathroom, huh? Uh, we're just, we're just going to let it go. Anyway, you have a great week. Uh, we'll see you next week right here at Bud's Garage on North Georgia's News Talk. WDUN. Always here. Always local. <laughs>